Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. What's going on? <clears throat> Sorry about last week. Um, before I bring Alex on, I, I should explain this to you and apologize profusely. Um, I did not intend for the show to be so short. Um, I completely blew out my back. I had messed my back up horribly. And uh, sitting in the chair and the uh, medication for my back meant I needed to leave very quickly. So <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, I will try to pick up on DIY um, next week and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Okay. Uh, let me bring Alex in here because I have to, I'll bring him in. Hello, young man. Hi, puppy. Sorry about the background noise. Oh, no, you're fine with background noise. Uh, every time mine goes out in the backyard while I'm doing my show, you can hear him bark, and it's from outside of my house. Wow. He's not, How are you doing, Jeannie? Yeah, he's not little. Hi, Alex. It's nice to actually get to talk, talk to you. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we have only ever talked in, in group Skypes and Facebook chats and... I mean, I've heard you on other shows, of course, but I have never actually had a chance to talk to you. And by the way, I need to tell you first and foremost, thank you. Thank you very much for putting out tweets the way you do. You say exactly what needs to be said and how it needs to be said, and I suck at that. So it's just easier for me to retweet all your stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of that is... Uh... Responding to some other tweets as well. I, I follow a lot of uh, Clearway stuff out in uh, out of here in Minnesota, um, and also uh, you know I probably steal a lot from Stefan Didek, who's in the room too. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I tell you what, a lot of my advocacy stuff I get from you and Stefan, um, because. Yeah, I, I follow BSP, too, but BSP is more about U.K. advocacy and stuff. And not that I'm not interested in U.K. advocacy, because I am. But your guys' material tends to focus more on the battle that I'm fighting here. Uh, yeah, no, I I'm not even sure uh, which state you are in. <laughs> oh, I'm in Pennsylvania. Look before we got into it. In Pennsylvania. Awesome. Yes, and uh, fortunately for me, I live in the same state as Bill Godshall, so, you know, um, not much gets slid through. Um, we don't we don't get a whole lot of surprises here. I really like the rolling hills out there. I used to be an uh, over-the-road truck driver. I've been to every state except for uh, Washington and Oregon, so uh, those rolling hills out there in Pennsylvania, is, and in comparison to some other places, are actually pretty nice. Well, right now it's um, just fucking cold. <laughs> I'm in Minnesota, so I, uh, I understand your uh, 
your concern there. It actually wasn't too bad today. It was uh, it was just it actually got above freezing for the first time in a month. Uh, we had negative seventeen the That's other day. Crazy. I'm yeah. glad I'm not there. Yeah, <laughs> negative seventeen, and you know, and and I and I would say minus seven fucking teen. Um, yeah, it was cold. It it was just a bitter ass cold, and not that I know that. The only reason I know that it was really cold was because I needed to turn up the pellet stove. Um, my husband did come home at lunch, and it was really cold when he opened the door. And it was really cold when he opened the door to go back out. And it was really cold when he opened the door to come back in when he got done with work. Um, and he came in, and he said, it is really fucking cold. I took his word for that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could take people's word for it. I unfortunately got a job that I got to be out outside all day. And normally, this is one of the coldest uh, states in the Union, but... I guess we got a got a break today. No, I think it's really um, fitting. I guess that you are in Minnesota um, and you are so big into advocacy because Minnesota is one of the few states out there that actually have already lumped our liquid nicotine into their tobacco control and their taxing system. Yeah, absolutely, and even gone so far as uh, to classify an electronic cigarette, even without the liquid in it, as a tobacco product as far as uh, concerns for sales, etc. How did you get this passionate about it? Uh, well, I, I just, uh, a lot like I'm, I'm sure there's people that have uh, smoked longer than I have, but th- than I did. But uh, in 15 years, I had two packs a day, and, and uh, you know, and I have the same story as a lot of them I've read from around our area and across the United States and, and even the world, which is, you know, they they tried everything else and nothing worked, and then all of a sudden, e-cigs came into their lives, and it was, you know, and for me it was accidental. I didn't even tell myself I was going to quit smoking, really. I just told myself I couldn't pay for it anymore after la- after the uh, last raise, tax raise uh, in July. I went a month in that tax raise, and I was paying, oh, gosh, $300, $400 in cigarettes a month. So, you know, uh, having that that product that, uh, that helped me quit smoking, which I never thought I would do, I... Uh, you know, and that, that's really the reason that, that I tell everybody, you know, my, my main theory is that the reason I do advocacy is because um, I owe the community way more than it will ever owe me. You know, I did one of the quick counters on uh, the 8th. Uh, last week was actually my five-year mark, and... When I started vaping, I never started with the intention of quitting at all. Um, and to be 100% honest with everybody, I started, I tried vaping just so that my husband would stop being mad at me for checking myself out of the hospital before Christmas. Yeah, and, uh, you know, some some part of me actually uh, says, gosh, I wish I would have found vaping five years ago and quit smoking five years ago. And then uh, I look at some of the reviews, and, and I, I'm, I guess maybe I'm glad I didn't because I, I probably would have given up on it. <laughs> um, and a lot of people did. 
And a lot of people really did. And, you know, my thing, there are so many people now, and especially in in this group of people that we're in, uh, the hobbyists and the advocates and the uh, the advocates and the the collectors and the and the cloud chasers and the non cloud chasers and whatever. But a lot of the people in our niche, shall we call it, um, they want to completely discount the sigalikes. And you know what? One of the sigalikes that everybody bitches about all the time, not everybody, but a lot of the people in our corner of the market here, um, have nothing nice to say about sigalikes. And I have to tell you that a sigalike got me to stop smoking. And it worked. It didn't work great, but it worked enough that I could give up a two and a half pack 27 year cigarette addiction. So that's awesome. I, you know, uh, I've had so so experiences with with, uh, with cigalikes themselves. Um, I think a, a lot of it is that association between cigalikes and big tobacco. And a, a lot of people have to realize that that cigalikes aren't just produced by big tobacco companies. I mean, you got got Enjoy out there, and even outside of of Enjoy's cigalikes, uh, which is actually not a big tobacco company, but uh, even outside of there, there's uh, there's other companies as well out there producing cigalikes, and it's it's a positive and a negative because if it is good enough for somebody, then it is positive. And if it is not good enough for somebody and they completely give up on electronic cigarettes to help them quit smoking, then then it would be a, a negative. And I hope it for more people than not that it, it it's a <laughs> talk about a gateway theory. I wish I, I hope cigarettes are a gateway into if that doesn't work for them into something that actually you know produces more vapor or nicotine or whatever whatever it is that you need. It's it's such a variety. Oh yeah, a, a variety of uh, of people that are out there and what it is that they need. Uh, for me, it was definitely a lot of hand to mouth. I think that that uh, you know, whenever you know, I had a really stressful job too, being a an instructor, so I had to be <laughs> putting my life in somebody's hands all day long, um, and they're at the wheel and I'm not, and so. For me, you know, taking that. Oh Jesus! That you need to come to Pennsylvania. You need that? you need to come to Pennsylvania. Um, my <laughs> my son, my youngest, uh, my youngest son turned sixteen in the end of November. Um, and you know, we've already taught three kids how to drive. This one just might kill me. Yeah, a lot of that driving stuff is uh, you gotta take your time and you gotta take things one one step at a time. You can't just hop in a car and expect to be the greatest driver. Well, in the world it's it's kind of our fault because he's had a motor under his ass since before he started school. <laughs> so you know, there's that. Um, you know, and he's used to being able to throw his four wheeler around like it's nothing. And he's used to the jet ski and he is used to the boats. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going gray. I, I really am. This one's making me gray. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the same thing we see with people that, uh, 
get into a truck and try to drive is that they they expect it to be you know they expect to drive it exactly like a car and you, know, you really can't but you know when you had asked me the other day and and I just I saw that post and here's what happened guys in case you guys missed it I I wrote an article that Alex posted on his blog and was posted on the baby militia and the the lead up to me writing this entire article if if you've missed it go find it read it um but what led up to this was somebody had asked the question about would somebody buy vape stuff would they spend money at a shop that sold tobacco and vaping stuff and now it was written in an advocacy group okay and and that that I think Alex was the where me being pissed off started was that <laughs> was that they they put this in an advocacy group it's it's advocacy people these these are the people this this advocacy group is out there fighting to keep vaping around not primarily for us because we're all longtime vapors most of us we'll find a way to get our shit okay but these advocacy groups fight to keep vaping around for the millions of people that are smokers that haven't made this switch yet. Because they're the ones that will suffer when these vaping bans all roll out. And a lot of the yeah. responses were... the the res, A lot of the responses were just really bad. Yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a lot of hatred for uh, for big tobacco, and and with good good reason, and, and any any place that may sell tobacco, um, because I, I guess maybe that that reminds people of that trap that they felt of smoking cigarettes. But and exactly what you put in your article, you, you know, you have to remember where you came from. Uh, my whole thought on the thing, and looking back on my myself as well, uh, I went into it was actually a little convenience store. It was formerly a gas station, but not even a gas station any excuse me anymore. And I went in there to buy a pack of cigarettes, and I saw the electronic cigarette, you know, something like the electronic cigarette that one of my students had, and it had been telling me about. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to buy the pack of cigarettes. I'm just going to buy this electronic cigarette. It was a little ego with a uh, one of the knockoff Clearos. And uh, that guy at the counter, he's, you know, I was amazed at how many flavors there were, first of all. And he said, you know, well, we don't actually have that many flavors in comparison. And I go, what? And he's like, yeah, if you go down to uh, Midway Tobacco, which is, gosh, it's only six blocks away from my house. He says, if you go down to Midway Tobacco, they have like 75 flavors. And I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I actually went – Probably my first liquid that I used solidly was uh, Simply Vapor out of here, out here in uh, Minnesota, and it was from Mid Midway Tobacco before there were even any vape shops in in my area. I mean, they were they were around the cities, but I have to drive 20 minutes to get to one. You know, and and that's the thing is, and I understand a lot of people. Um, would shop there depending and ron said in chat hi ron by the way hello ron ward um that it depend depends on the quality of the product and the knowledge of the staff and i get that and i do i get that 
the thing that floored me was p that people wanted to immediately shut it down as some some you know well fuck it they're just jumping on the money train um well yes that may be true it may also not be true because i mean alex you and i both know that there are a lot of e-cig vendors out there that are not in this because they have a passion about vaping so you know that swinging that sword um does go both ways you know um yeah absolutely yeah you know you may get the, the occasional tobacco shop that that also sells electronic cigarettes and i've heard of ones that have actually completely made the switch from uh, cigarettes to e-cigarettes e to a vapor shop uh which is kind of funny in itself but uh, i wouldn't say that having electronic cigarettes in a vape sh in a tobacco shop itself would make you any more money i mean if somebody actually converts to an electronic cigarette that tobacco shop itself is probably not going to make nearly as much as if they were just to keep uh, selling you cigarettes i would believe well and you know a lot of times i think that and here's <laughs> we have a chain of like 7-elevens around here um well not here in shingle house because yeah no there's not um but they're called uh country fair that's what it's called and my husband and i went in there and um I don't even remember what the hell we went in for. Oh, I know what we went in for. We went in there, my my kid knew that we were in Olean and he did not want to eat what we were having for dinner and wanted us to grab him a pizza. So Paul and I went in to grab him a pizza and to get a couple bottles of water. And um shut up, Dino. Dino's picking on me. And yes, I seriously live in a town named Shingle House, okay? And people, if you don't believe it, I'm telling you, Google Shingle House, Pennsylvania, okay? If you don't think that I live in bumfuck, take a look. I'm telling you, I do. Um, but so we're in there, and I have got my Opus D in my hand, and I've got, and it's kind of ironic that Dino's giving me shit because I had a lava tank on top of my Opus. <laughs> um, they're, I'm telling you what, everybody picks on dual... Everybody thinks that the cardo tanks are dead. They're not dead. A lot of us still use them. I'm just saying, people. We do. We still use them. Um, they're great for in the car. And uh, and I had it in my hand, and we walked up to the counter, and the lady says, Oh, you have one. She says, Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. And this other lady turned around. She goes, Look, she's got one in her hand. She would be the one to ask. And some lady I didn't know some lady I had never met before said oh well what is that that you've got and does it work and my husband looked at her and said yeah she quit smoking five years ago and then of course is the, immediately the next question is well when are you going to quit that and I said well I'm not going to I have no intentions of quitting this I never wanted to quit smoking I said, this is a reduced risk. It is harm reduction. I said, you know, if anybody tells you that an e-cigarette is 100% safe, um, ask them to call me because I want to know where they get their information from because none of the research out there that we've got so far states that they are 100% safe. I said, but they are a reduced harm. I said, in five years' time, I have not had bronchitis. I have not had pneumonia. I have not even had the flu or a bad cold. And that's five years straight. 
this is why I don't I don't understand where where they keep on you know why well, I, I understand why they they're blaming us for saying it's 100 percent safe or whatever but nobody's really saying the word safe to begin with they're all saying safer even the, the staunchest of ad, 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 advocates even even people that aren't advocates I have I really haven't seen anybody saying uh, saying the word safe personally. Yeah, and that's and I mean, and you go across the vaping community, and it's very, very rare that you find somebody that says that. And usually, it's somebody that's a brand new vapor and hasn't had much exposure to this community. So, what was the other issue that was uh, that you were talking about? Not only was it the uh, purchasing in uh, the e-cigarette purchasing purchasing anything from a tobacco store slash vape vape store uh what was the other one that you were talking about in your article oh that you know maybe just maybe having them there in that shop will give one person even if it's only one person out of a million that walk through the door maybe it'll give one person that that little bit of a seed that they need to say hey i think maybe i'm gonna try that Yeah, that that definitely was how it was for me. It was it was difficult to uh, get information on what to do, but I, I immediately, after uh, having my electronic cigarette, I immediately went to YouTube to find out more about it. And the, the biggest thing that got me onto it was uh, my student that I was that I said talked about earlier. He could actually stand outside. He was a former smoker too. He could actually stand outside while I was having a cigarette right next to me, and it didn't bother him that I was having a cigarette while he was using his electronic cigarette and I figured that that had to be there had to be something to that and that I had to try it and Roger was just saying in chat that you know the tobacco shops wouldn't stock them if no one bought them and I completely agree with that um, that right there the fact that they've got them there and they're still there is is bonus points for me because that means people are buying them and if anything maybe maybe it'll they'll get it and it doesn't work great for them and you know what maybe they'll do what i did when my blue e-cig didn't work for shit for me and they will get on the internet and they will start looking information up on this and they will find a forum like i did with a bunch of vapors in it that were willing to help me figure it out and get a 510 stick that did work for me That's one. That's another one of those things that's great about this is that you know how many you know patch users groups you know or support groups do you know or how many Chantix users uh, or or gum or whatever support groups are they really out there and, and it just it doesn't exist but it seems like yeah when I started vaping it's like I didn't I didn't fit into anywhere anymore and I, I realized that when I when I went to a Vikings game up here, uh, went outside to use my electronic cigarettes, uh, my electronic cigarette, and I had a, a group of smokers come up, and they were just really interested. At this time, you know, it hadn't really hit the media all that hard yet, and uh, they, they they were asking me about it. And then at the at the end, I remember somebody saying, "Well, why don't you just do that inside?" <laughs> And the answer to that question would be because the politicians say if it looks like smoke, it must be smoke. 
<laughs> yeah, and at that time it was actually probably still okay to do it in the Metrodome because they probably didn't have a policy on it yet, but definitely not anymore. Now, if you had to um, tell somebody what they could spend five minutes a month doing to help be an advocate, what would you suggest that they do? Five, within five minutes, uh, I would say make a phone call to your your the probably your your city uh, council representative. Because I mean, my thing is, is a lot of people say that you know they they don't have time or they're busy or they think that it has to be something all time consuming, like all of the work that you do and that Greg Conley does and Ron Ward and Jan on the board of Casa and Stefan does in California. But I don't think a lot of them realize that you can do something in five minutes, and that five minutes might actually make a big difference. Absolutely, and usually that's not even writing. I mean, we we've had pretty good, well, off and on luck with uh, writing to city, county, state, etc. officials, um, even here in Minnesota. But I think putting in a phone call doesn't happen nearly as much as the emails do. And I think, uh, especially if you can get a hold of somebody who will listen, you know, maybe maybe not even at the state level, that, that that's kind of tough. You end up leaving a, a voicemail usually. But if you if you can get a hold of your city your city councilman or councilwoman, what have you, that directly represents you and your district. You know, a lot of that can be really influential as to what's happening in in your area. And at this point in time, it's not like you're trying to hide the fact that electronic cigarettes exist. But if you if you have some a good story. And we've seen that be extremely effective at city council meetings, at least until recently when uh, the ALAAJ has really been hitting it hard every single time a ban comes up. But if you can get a hold of them before all that happens, they're usually uh, a lot more likely to listen to you because you are a constituent. You are the person paying their salary, and they do not like people to be upset with them in the community. And making that showing and making it seem like we're, you know, for as many vapors as there are, we're we're a percentage of a percentage. So that that can be tough. So, but it's also a positive thing because there are so few of us in comparison to the rest of the world. You're really speaking out for a, a lot more than just yourself when you do that. And I think, you know, the reason that I am such a staunch supporter of advocacy and of vaping um, really isn't for me, you know. Um, To be 100% honest, it has nothing to do with me because at this point I have got probably close to a dozen rebuildables. Um, They're never going to ban wire. They can't ban cotton. Um, And, you know, if, if something were to happen, believe me, I could very, very, very slowly wean myself down to zero, Nick, um, long before I 
would ever not have any. Um, but it's, it's for my sister. My sister is still a two and a half pack a day smoker. Um, and you know, maybe someday she'll decide to switch. Um, I get, I get all asked up when, when people tell dual users, well, you should just quit them cigarettes. That drives me insane. Um, it, it, it really does. It bugs the shit out of me when people talk bad about dual users or they talk about dual users like they are less of a vapor. Um, my mother is a dual user. My mother is close to 70 years old. My mother was smoking before she was a teenager. Her aunt used to pay her for babysitting in packs of cigarettes. At this point in my mother's life, the fact that she does not have lung cancer, and she does not have emphysema, she does not have high blood pressure, she is not a sickly person, she would, she would make the Energizer bunny tired just by watching her, um, she's never going to quit smoking. She doesn't want to quit smoking, okay? She doesn't want to, and I don't care that she doesn't want to. Um, she's happy, she's healthy when she is around me, and when she is around my aunt, she uses her e-cigs. When she is around my sister, or when she is around the girls that she plays cards with, she smokes, because they all smoke. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't have an issue with that. Um... Are people like Stanton Glantz always going to say stupid, ignorant shit? Well, yeah, but he's a stupid, ignorant shit. So stupid, ignorant <laughs> shit should come out of his mouth. Um, that, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, but yeah, no, every I, cigarette I totally, that they I don't totally smoke agree. counts. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the ones they do smoke. It's the ones that they don't smoke that matter to me. Yeah, and and absolutely, I I completely agree with your idea that this this fight advocacy is really not for yourself. I mean, every every pretty much every person that's that's listening right now, you you should be proud of yourselves because you have already won the the battle for yourself. And and that's one of the reasons why advocacy can be one of the most thankless things in the world is because you're fighting for something that you've already won, <laughs> and you can it's really easy to get down about advocacy too, uh, and I completely understand that because you see all this media stuff and all this negative stuff, but. Uh, I was actually talking about this with somebody uh, just yesterday, uh, Jason Downing, the vice president of uh, Minnesota Vapors Advocacy. Um, the fact that we're starting to see uh, more in the media some positive articles, and I'm really looking forward to that. And the reason is not because um, is not because they're not still trying to push negative media articles, but because of the fact that the media is getting tired of the same story that, you know, uh, there's only so many different angles that the ants really have to cover. And once a news story, and I've actually seen them, them say this before, like, Hey, we've already done 
this kind of information. And, and there's nothing new that's negative, really hardcore coming out about vaping. All the all the new studies that I've seen uh, over the past few months have all been on the side of electronic cigarettes. Um, and uh, if you had listened to Dar- Dr. Farsalinos uh, on Dimitri's show, uh, when, he, when he said it, it's not really about if the science will be done, because it, it will be done. It's it, it's who does it and who gets to it first and how it's presented and whether or not it's presented versus uh, regular cigarettes. Oh, yeah, and I completely agree with that. Um, you know, did you notice that, and not to discount that poor kid getting sick and dying, I, you know, but did you notice how fast the New York State vaping ban hit the books and what they're trying to do? I mean, that the ban that New York State is, and it's not a ban, um, the law <laughs> that New York State is trying to push through is absolutely outrageous. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering how 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 long it's going to take before that that same kind of legislation is uh, legislation is introduced in other states as well. I mean, we see a lot of stuff originating out of Minnesota because of, the, of all the you know we've got the Mayo Clinic here, and we've got so many medical groups that are in the state of Minnesota because of that uh, very heavily in Minnesota. It, usually, it spreads away from Minnesota, but New York is definitely even hit harder than. Than they have here. Well, and you know, Minnesota and um, uh, Utah, um, Aaron Frazier, too. Um, you know, the, you guys seem to always end up right on the front lines. And Stefan in California. Um, you know, I, I feel really bad for the people that live in California because everything in that state causes cancer. Um, y'all should move. Okay. Really? Y'all should move because everything in the state of California causes cancer. So it must be California, right? Um, if it's, if it's fine in every other state in the country, but it causes cancer in California, that, that means, that means it's California. Just saying. Um, but you know, those states are usually the hardest hit when it comes to negative stuff about vaping coming out and people trying to shove bans through and people trying to or trying to sneak them through, actually. Um, and a lot of times that's exactly what they're doing is they're trying to sneak them through. You know, um, I'm, I have gotten such an education in how the government works and uh, the time schedule that they release things on. Thanks to Jan. Um you know, what did you call me? Oh, um, being Jan's sidekick. And, and by the way, thank you for that. I absolutely loved reading that. I'm like, yes, somebody gets my job. <laughs> somebody understands. Um, Jan is the brains and Very is the tech. And I am the, I'm the make Jan laugh person. Because Jan has to relay so much really disturbing information to people that... She needs a little bit of joy and laughter in her life, and and I try to provide that. I really do. 
But um, she has given me such an education into how the government works and all of the really absolutely stupid shit that they do. And it's it's absolutely frightening. And what really floors me is I was not interested in politics and the government at all um, when I was a smoker. Um, Well, not when I was a smoker. Before I was a vapor. Let's put it that way. I didn't care. Um, I did care when they did tax hikes because the bastards were taking more of my money. I thought that FICA bitch on my paycheck needed to get her own job. Um, But I wasn't really paying attention to what they did. And since I started vaping, and even more so since I started doing anti-nanny with Jan on Monday nights, I have received such an education in how exactly this shit happens that you automatically become interested in what they're doing and what they're passing laws on. Because even though it's not something that I really give a shit about, it matters because it gives a shit it matters to somebody else. You know, I, I said a long time ago, I think the reason that a lot of these stupid ass laws get passed and these bans get passed is because 80% of the people out there don't give a shit about vaping. So they don't pay attention. They're not going to argue. They're not going to stand up against a ban on vaping because they don't care. Okay, well, then the next law after that is they're going to ban wood stoves. You know, people can't have wood heat in their homes. Well, you know what? 80% of the population doesn't give two shits about a wood stove. Okay, whatever. So they don't stand up against it. And that's how they do this, is they pick on things that that 20% of the population or less care about, knowing that the other 80% isn't going to give a shit. And the next thing they're going to pick, it's going to be a different 20% of the people. Well, guess what? You still have 80% of the people that don't give a shit. And until we all start caring, which is, I think, what happened um, in that town hall meeting in up in New England was the fact that that entire town that town realized that it wasn't really about vaping it was about one more freedom that they were trying to take away without any rational argument as to why they were doing it and I think our biggest problem with with vaping and advocacy is is getting people to see that, to see more of that. What that town up there did was absolutely amazing. So how do we do that? How do we do that countrywide? Unfortunately, um, you know, we we kind of we we, we kind of expand up and then we expand out and uh that that's kind of uh the problem because we we get we go in one direction and and then the other we can get more members but we also need to get members that are active you know a number is a number as long as you can get them to do something and um i think part of it is if you get something that is big enough to get most people involved uh, up here in Minnesota, uh, I, I'm kind of proud because 
we have the single largest, aside from the vaping militia and uh, and CASA, we have the single largest uh, Facebook group that's advocacy only in the United States, so state-level advocacy only. We have the, the, the most total members. Uh, and we get a lot of activity if something big happens, like the Bloomington ban where they ban vaping in a, in a, an established vape shop, which they, they basically had no viable reason for that. And we had over 60, 60 of our members show up, which says a lot um, to the Bloomington City Council. And it was disappointing because we we still lost. I mean, there was there was pretty much n- nothing more that we could have done. Um, I think part of it was that they had a city council member that was formerly a board member of of Clearway, <laughs> which is kind of a conflict of interest. I'm sure there's probably a seat waiting for her when she gets out of office. Um, but how do we get how do we get people? interested um unfortunately i I think it's going to take some kind of big loss for people to wake up that's kind of frightening um you know because we have all kinds of little losses going on every day um and you know they're little and a lot of people don't even see it as a blip on their radar and I think, unfortunately, what that is going to do is when bigger stuff comes out, they're going to point out all of this little stuff that people didn't scream and holler about and say, well, this was okay, so why not this? You had to have known that was leading to this. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a real issue, and the way uh, the ALA, uh, you know, et cetera, approaches it is is rather ingenious. You you can see them going around to satellite cities, and one by one knocking them out of the way, where seemingly relatively few people notice. And fortunately, in Minnesota, uh, they started off in Duluth, where there really wasn't any established. Uh, vape shops. There were vape shops coming, but they won in Duluth, and uh, it was mostly because one of their one of their city council members really pushed it hard. And I believe they had some kind of organization within their city council where the same six out of nine people would always vote the same way, no matter what, regardless of if they really cared about the issue or not. Um, so we lost in Duluth, and that was kind of a heartbreaker. But then they went to Belchami County, and there was a brand-new shop there, and I don't believe they figured anybody would would def- would defend it in Belchami County. Um, and this was around the same time as Mankato. And unfortunately for them, I was actually at the time leading a letter-writing group, and I'm, I'm from Beltrami County, which is way up in northern Minnesota. I mean, it's, it's, it's out there. Um, and we had something like 30 or 35 people show up, and fortunately we were able to save uh, zero nicotine sampling in the shops up there in, in Beltrami County. And that's really where you need to 
fight <laughs> is these satellite cities before it gets to the major cities or before it gets to the state level. That way you have some kind of momentum when you go into a state. And, and again, I mean, it was it was amazing what uh, Minnesota Vapors Advocacy did, and not just patting myself on the back, but what a lot of our members did to make ourselves seem bigger than, than we were, for one, and and defeating these companies that have been around for decades longer and have big pharma big pharmaceutical backing or the the tobacco settlement money to back them up and actually push push their lobbying groups and and a lot of that is is really making it seem like your your organization your advocacy organization is is bigger than probably it really is um you know and I got to tell you because and and I'm sorry and I'm really hoping everybody on the replay and you know what I never ask Kevin what my replay numbers are I I don't want to know what they are um but after this show next week I will be asking Kevin if the replay numbers for this show were the same as they are for all of my other shows um I I don't care about the number but I'm really hoping that the people that die hard listen to the show listen through to the entire thing um and and I'm not cutting you down, I'm not cutting me down, and I'm not cutting advocacy down. But I have to tell you that I got a major reality check um, this spring. I went up to VCCNE, and um, I ended up with a nightmare-inducing 16-hour train ride that was so horrific that I proceeded to get shit-faced drunk that night at the hotel. Um, but... The thing that I found most disturbing about VCCNE was the fact that they had set up all of the advocacy groups. SAFTA was there, CASA was there, AVA was there, the Vaping Militia was there, and I think there was one more. I think there was one more. But I'll tell you, they had all of them in in this row, okay, set up in this convention circuit. And there were groups and gaggles of people everywhere in this convention hall, except that row. I swear to you, it was like it had tumbleweeds rolling down through it. It was this deserted wasteland. People looked down the aisle and they saw all the advocacy stuff and they went somewhere else. And... I was just floored. Um, it was very rare. Now, I have to tell you, and Joe Barnett, I hope, and by the way, Joe Barnett, if you're listening to the replay, happy damn birthday. Um, but Joe, <laughs> Joe and Robin were there, and um, Kevin had asked me to babysit the AVA table for a minute. And I said, sure. And, of course, Greg Conley comes walking back up. And, and I just absolutely adore Greg Conley. I think he is such a nice guy. I really enjoy talking to him. But Greg is there in his suit and everything. And, and there's, you know, me, this loudmouth old lady. And and Joe's standing there going, hey, we're going to raffle off a mod. And people were looking. He says, no, I'm just kidding. And they turned around and walked away. And I'm like, oh, I've had enough of this shit. So somebody would, like, start walking down through the aisle, and, you know, they were barely, like, glancing at us. And the minute somebody's eyes even came our direction, I'm like, hey, have you heard about the AVA? Do you understand what the AVA is doing? And the AVA is out there, and they're they're solely trying to put out a positive media campaign and, and make sure that, 
the the 80% of this country that are not vapors um, understand what is going on and they're they're fighting for your rights to vape. And, you know, here, this is Greg Conley. Let me introduce you. Greg Conley looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and and I basically was not leaving people the opportunity to walk away. And, you know, and Greg started talking to him and Joe and Robin were talking to him and, and Karen was talking to him from CASA. And, you know, and a lot of these people walked away with pamphlets in their hand, nodding their heads. And that was a win for me. But I hated how I had to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it can be, it can definitely be frustrating. Uh, for me, uh, being a, being an advocacy, I guess is, I, I don't know why it's, it's, it's more, um, it's more interesting than, than really the rest of it. My setups are extremely simple. Um, I haven't, I haven't purchased a mod in nearly a year. Uh, I got the last tank I got was for, um, my girlfriend got it for me for my birthday and since then it's really it's worked and that's all i've really needed i don't really go out and spend a whole lot of money on on mods or whatever i, I guess i just don't see the the point and maybe i'll get shot for that one i don't know but <laughs> i you know i don't uh, i'm not up on gear either you know and i have to tell you and that's people will and people, if you're going to email me questions, make them, make them DIY questions because those I can answer most likely. But people will send me emails or messages on Facebook asking me about such and such device. And I'm like, um, I have no idea what that is. And they're like, well, what? You've been vaping this long and you don't know. I have absolutely no idea what that is. Because I am really content in my vape gear. I actually ordered... Uh, vape mail for me. What did I order? Oh, Nautilus heads. Um, because they're on sale forty percent off in five packs. So, I bought four packs of <laughs> of Nautilus heads. But that's like the first vape mail that I've ordered for me in forever. I mean, you know, I my version of vape mail is getting boxes from Wizard Labs and from Kimmer at one stop. That is like that is like vape mail heaven. For me, because I know there is going to be untold amount of joy in that box. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I don't keep up on gear much. Um, if you want to ask me what new acrylic colors I've seen cast lately, I can tell you that. Um, if you want me to talk about, you know, flavoring lines, oh, I can talk about that. You know, um, when when like when Nick Vape came out with their flavor line, Link had sent me a bunch of them. Um, actually, Link had sent me one of everything, um, and there were a lot of flavors in there that I don't like. So I took those with me to VaporCon, and um, because I knew Margot was going to be there and Par and Lisa were going to be there, and you know there were a lot of people that I knew that were going to be there that are into DIY as much as I am. So I'm like, here, these are the flavors that I really am not comfortable playing with. I don't use them to begin with, so I'm not really a good judge. You know, can you take them and tell me what you think? And um, and I got a lot more feedback on them that way. Because the flavors that I liked, I told people about the flavors that I liked and I tried that I had something to base a comparison on. You know, but 
as far as vape gear, I'm I'm really complacent in my gear. I'm happy with my gear. I've got Opus D's. I've got some eye sticks. I've got some mech mods. I've got a Provari. You know, I've got all this stuff, and it does exactly what I need it to do the way I need it to do it. So I'm not out cruising for the next big thing. And I wonder if maybe that has something to do with me being able to spend time talking about the vaping militia and talking about CASA and talking about AVA and, you know, and I, I wonder if me having that time is why I pay attention to this other stuff. Do you think maybe that's it? Do you think that's part of it? People, people are so busy looking for the next big thing that they don't notice the important stuff? Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of it. It's hard to hide from some of the negative information, but a lot of that is um, because it's, you know, a lot of this stuff is depressing. And maybe maybe we need to have more of a positive light on, on advocacy in itself. Um, I don't, I don't really know how to do that, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, a lot of mine uh, ends up being a, an outlet, and I think maybe we need we need to show people that this this outlet does exist. And, and part of part of you can almost be glad that this kind of post that you could write an article about was on Casaw and was being discussed on Casaw because of the fact that they were actually u- utilizing that outlet um granted maybe some of the maybe some of the beliefs even for uh vapors is is a little is a little ridiculous but you know part of that is is not understanding either maybe that you know one of these people where it was brand new vapor and they they were just so used to hating big tobacco because because of the fact that they were they were stuck with big tobacco for so many years and I'm I'm sure you remember being a smoker and having that person tell you, "Hey, you, you should just quit those cigarettes." That My dad. made me when I was a yeah, when I was a smoker, that made me want to light up right there. Yeah, that my dad want to smoke another one. Yeah, that's my dad, and I I don't I don't know if my dad realizes that probably some of the reason my mother will never quit smoking is because he spent the last 18 years bitching about it. Um, my dad smoked three packs of cools a day. Um, he did my, my dad, when I was a kid, I don't remember ever seeing my dad without a cigarette in his mouth other than when he was eating dinner. And while my dad was eating dinner, there was always one in the ashtray. And when my dad quit smoking, he did the whole cold turkey thing. And he said, it was easy. Well, I don't know what fucking reality my dad was in when he quit smoking, but it wasn't in the same reality that the rest of us were in because he was absolutely miserable and irate for months. And he gained 145 pounds. But he is the one that... um, my dad is is the the stereotypical ex smoker. I'll oh, just quit them things. Blah 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 blah. Because generally, ex smokers are worse than non smokers. You know, 
Um, and I'll be the first one to admit that that cigarette smoke, you know, not not necessarily cigarette smoke. I shouldn't say that because I have to tell you, if I'm a hundred percent honest, there are times when I'll be outside and somebody will be smoking, and I'll be like, "Oh, that smells good." Nah, maybe I would yeah. like. Yeah, maybe I would like to just have one cigarette. I know it's going to taste like shit, but that that whiff of cigarette smoke going by, and I'm like, oh, that smells good. I remember that. Um, but it's the, the stale smoke, you know. I mean, d- does it bother me when I'm walking through the aisles of the grocery store and, and somebody goes by me that that smells like a week old ashtray? Yeah, it bugs me. Guess what? I live in the middle of BFE, people. I am more olfactory offended by the people that walk by me and smell like fresh cow shit. (laughs) I am not talking about banning cows. So I guess as per your question is as to how we get more people to care i think we really need to get back to that that is what you know especially those of us who are already big in ad, into advocacy we can speak to large groups all we want to and sometimes that's really not you know it can be effective but sometimes that's not as important to people as grabbing one person and helping that, you know, maybe some, maybe somebody who's interested in advocacy and saying, here, you know, here's here's what I did when I started. Um, here's what here's what you can do. Um, if you really want to put in a little bit more effort than five minutes a month, uh, I really got my start uh, with letter writing. And also uh, I had a couple of uh, op-ed pieces that were actually pos- published. I think I had three or something like that uh, <laughs> in the state in the state of Minnesota. I, would, I rode around to some of the other uh, cities as well. But the first, it's really cool because it was published in my own local paper, and just to have my my name in the paper along with some words underneath it was really cool. Um, and I wanted to continue to be able to do that because uh, I had, you know, with as many as I did get published, there was also probably the same same amount that did not get published. And and when the vaping militia themselves offered me the opportunity to write my own articles, I I grabbed that right up um, because you can have your own your own comments that you can post on your Facebook, or you can have your own comments that you can post under somebody else's comment in, in whatever group, really, but it doesn't really spread all that well. Um, but to have that article and to have a name like the Vaping Militia to be able to back it up, uh, there's there's always at least the same amount, uh, the same few people, uh, like Lisa Bell. She likes everything that I do <laughs> um, on Facebook. It, but... That it gets shared and it gets spread, and I can see those numbers grow, and that's great for me. But that's not what I want. What I really want is to offer that opportunity to anybody who's willing to do that. You know, uh, it would be great if you could write a letter and get it published in a, in a newspaper here or there. Um, but if you if if you have a good idea and you're actually halfway decent at writing and you can't get that, that letter published, you can actually uh, 
just like um, I had suggested for you, but you, if you are a dog tag wearing member of the vaping militia, you can actually send me an email um, and explaining what you want to do or actually write something out. Uh, and I can actually publish that for other people now. Um, so just to throw the, throw the promo out there, my, my email address is alex.carlson at thevapingmilitia.com or thevapingmilitia.org, sorry. Um, and I have to tell you, when we were at VCC, we went to the to the five-year uh, New England Vapors meet. And um, I got a chance to stand outside and talk to Joe and Robin. And Joe had asked me then, and, and I... And I got to tell you, it, it is so funny. I I talk about CASA and the AVA and vaping militia a lot to people. And I, up until November, was not a dog tag member of the vaping militia. And and not, not because I didn't want to be. Because I kept forgetting to be. And and every time I would see the vaping militia somewhere or I would be talking to Jim or I would talk to Joe, I'm like, remind me, do not let me forget to get my dog tags. I even had Case and Orion from Quest. I'm like, Case, Case, do not let me forget to get my damn dog tags. And uh, yeah, up until November, um, I was not a dog. I did not have vaping militia dog tags. And, and, and it wasn't for any other reason than my stupid ass kept forgetting and you know I don't I I am not concerned with what vaping advocacy group people belong to I don't care if they belong to one I don't care if they belong to two I don't care if they belong to them all but I do care if they're not involved with any um, if if they only get involved under the pretense of self-preservation, I'm fine with that. That's not my reason for being involved, but if that's their reason, I'm good with that. I'm great. <laughs> I um I get I get upset when when I see things where somebody will mention an organization and somebody's like, oh, no, that organization, blah, 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 blah. You need to be involved with this one. Don't do that, people. Don't do not do that. Don't ever bitch about anybody's choice of what advocacy group they're involved with. They're involved. Be happy with that. And that's why I think uh, a lot of it, you know... Um... CASA is great because it covers the entire United States, and it does and it does actually come out with the, the state level calls the add to action, um, and also why I think the vaping militia um, is really is really awesome because you can go to the vaping militia and if you do not know if your your own state or your area has an advocacy group, uh, they will find out for you, and if uh, you are, are really wanting to have an advocate, advocacy group, and the, the, the states are uh, very few at this time. I think there's only three or four left that don't have their own advocacy group. Which, yeah, somebody in chat um, earlier asked about Arizona. So, yeah, contact the baby militia if you want to know what group is active in Arizona or if there even is one. 
Vaping militia can I help you. I do believe. Um, I, I do believe there's something there. Uh, if nothing else, I can get a uh, get a hold of uh, Pamela Gorman from uh, Enjoy. Uh, she's been working on something that's coming out of uh, Arizona because I know they were trying to. They were saying they were going to pass something down there. Uh, fortunately, Arizona is kind of. Uh, more of an area that's been, probably not going to do that. They were talking about some kind of tax, and it, it would it's kind of um, an iffy legislation. But um, And feel free to contact me, too, if, if you need to find your own state advocacy group, because I, I, I've got the resources. I can, I can find that out for sure. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it, it would be listed somewhere under the vapingmilitia.org. Uh, I don't have my computer in front of me, but there there's uh, links to find state advocacy groups. And, and again, if, there, if there's not one in your state, there's nothing that's prohibiting you from... Um, from finding out how to start, how to get that started as well. Um, you know, I had um, told when Joe and Robin and I were standing outside the bar talking, um, and the reason we were standing outside the bar, by the way, talking was because it was just too damn loud and there was too many fucking people in that bar. I swear to God, it, it was like uh, an overcrowded sardine can. Um, you know, not that a sardine can isn't packed to start with, but this was an overpacked sardine can. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and it was a really nice party and it really was. And, you know, BJ hunters that it was, it was fantastic, but it was just way too many people for me. Um, and in too tiny, tiny, tiny of a place. Um, but, and I had told them then, and this goes for any advocacy group out there. Um, I am more than glad if, if any of the advocacy groups want to send me a, a, 60 second blurb um one piece of information a week that you want people to be aware of i am more than glad to put them on the recordings in in this show when it goes out um not that that'll reach you know any more people than you're already reaching but maybe you know for repetition's sake um they'll notice it if they hear it you know, it is really easy for people to cruise by shit on Facebook and pay no attention to it. I know this. I do it every fucking day. I I mean, do you speed scroll through Facebook? Am I the only one that does that? Uh, I am uh, a member of so many advocacy groups, etc., that I kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, granted... The, the main ones, so I will definitely scroll and take a look and see if, it, if it's anything that's worth um, getting upset about. And that's part of uh, what I do as, as a writer for the Vaping Militia. <laughs> Find out what the community is actually uh, interested in or angry about and then kind of passing that along in my own blogs. Um, I, I, I wish I could say a lot of my ideas were original. Um <laughs> I think uh, when I first started, maybe some of them were, um, but a lot of that, a lot of that information is is already out there, and I'm just kind of a, a copycatter, and then I throw my own ideas in there as well. But a lot of that time, um, it's my 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 blogs now lead to something else, I, and I've figured out I had no idea how to use WordPress before. I really wasn't even a writer before I started doing all this. I just knew that. That was one of the very effective ways of getting a hold of politicians 
especially the local ones. Once you get up to the state level, it's a little bit more difficult. Then they just start taking numbers. This person is for, this person, this person is against, and they take the total number. <laughs> um, but if you can actually get somebody at the state level to respond to you, it's important to keep that because, you know, keep, keep them talking to you as best you can and as politely as you can because of the fact that uh, if you get uh, upset at them, they're probably just not going to listen to you at all. Oh, well, see, then it's probably better off if I don't interact closely with politicians. <laughs> um, and, you know, <laughs> I can write something for you. Gene. Yeah, because I, I, te- <laughs> I really tend to piss people off. Um, and, and you want to know the most shocking thing about that article? Um, it was <laughs> I was angry. Um, and that is probably the fifth draft of that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I revised that about five times before I sent it to you. And some friends of mine read it and they're like, wow, Jeannie, this doesn't sound like you. And I'm like, okay, reread it with a bunch of fucks and <laughs> son of a bitch in it. And they're like, oh yeah, now it sounds right. Um, because I, you know, and... I wanted to make a point, and I was expecting, and, and understand this, Alex, I get a lot of hate mail. I really do. I piss people off. I don't care. I don't care that I piss them off. Because if I piss them off, that means I struck a chord. And I would rather strike a chord than have somebody not pay attention. So when I wrote that, I was fully expecting to get a bunch of negative feedback from people on it. Because, I mean, it was as nice as I could put it. it I, I put it as nicely as I could. And I didn't say, get your head out of your fucking ass and quit, quit being a self-absorbed asshole. Um, because that's what I was thinking in my brain when I read some of that stuff. Um, not all of it, but some of it. It, it really, really bothered me how... Some of the people thought they were so much better than a smoker. Um, you know, I I wanted to give people the reality check of, did you forget the reason you're a vapor is because you were a smoker? Have you forgotten that when you made this switch that there were people in this community that were open-minded enough to help you figure it out? You know, I mean, I I depended on those people. I depended on those vapors being open-minded and helping me figuring out my gear. And I don't think that they understand that the way that they talk about smokers and smoking and tobacco shops sounds absolutely no different than the way Stanton Glantz and Diane Feinstein sound to us. Yeah, and uh, those moderators over there at the at Kassau, I, I'm I'm so glad I'm not a moderator over Kassau. They have their they have their uh, work cut out for them. Uh, I can see sometimes uh, a few of them getting really frustrated with, um, you know, and, and it's fine being a new uh, a new vapor and not understanding that this is a topic that's been covered a thousand times and. Um, and it's great that Kasai has a lot of um, 
their position statements out on on stuff so they can say here's our position we're not really going to discuss that one um so that they can go to those um but it, it's it's I seriously I hope that Kristen. I wonder. Do you think that what? Kristen has a lot of this stuff, like on a on a, in a notepad somewhere where she can copy and paste it? Because oh, she I'm comes. Sure. Yeah, she comes. <laughs> she'll come out and she'll have fifteen hundred words written, and I'm like, "Damn, woman, you said that exactly the right way." Where I would have yeah, just no, yeah, I would have just said, "Do you know how ignorant you sound?" And Kristen does it in 1,500 words that sound way nicer than, do you know how ignorant you sound? <laughs> and this is exactly why I wish she would actually blog more, and I realize that she doesn't have the time for that, but I thoroughly enjoy reading every single article that, that she has she has published on hers, uh, on, on her blog site. Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now, but... Uh, one of my favorite ones. It w- was right after I had started uh, started vaping. Oh gosh, it was over a year ago. Um, <clears throat> that was called on coffee and on coffee and and e cigs and how the co- two correlated, which is kind of strange. Um, I actually talked about this on some of my vlogs, some of my videos here, quite a while back. That I actually quit drinking sugar pop at the same time that I quit smoking. So I actually drink diet soda now. So I get my caffeine without the sugar, and I get my nicotine without the smoke, which is really strange. <laughs> um, but I, I completely correlate, correlate the two. And at an atomic level, having caffeine and nicotine be so similar as well and having so many of the same properties as each other um, and so many of the same side effects as well, which are really min- minimalistic in, in comparison to to cigarettes or sugar pop, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it really, just like you said, I mean, it, it took the words right out of my mouth. I would love to do an article about that, but um, I don't know how I would say it any differently. <laughs> you know, I just, um, I, I don't want a smoker that's thinking about making this switch to start cruising around Facebooks in groups and I don't want for the first thing they see to be a a thread like that where they feel like they are unwelcome or that their questions are stupid or that what they need to know doesn't matter to us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you you have to keep in mind that um, without... Without... um, Without the smokers, we're not going to have any more vapors. I mean, here and there, you get somebody that vapes that never smoked them to begin with. But really, the really the end game is to get all the smokers to switch over to electronic cigarettes, if possible. Um, I mean, it's it's still also going to be it's always going to be personal rights. Uh, but it would be such a great health benefit to the world if if regular cigarettes were gone and electronic cigarettes are, you know, it. Um, so having encouraging things or, you know, helping anybody that's a smoker and, and yeah, that you're, you're going to have that where you're going to have the negative negativity that somebody's going to run across right away. And that's unfortunate. 
Um, and, and like I said, I'd, I'm so glad I'm not a moderator at a CASA because they have a lot of work to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's really it. To grow our numbers, we've got to steal the smokers <laughs> away from smoking. And if the smokers don't want to be vapors, that's just not going to happen. And like I, I always say with advocacy, I mean, here in Minnesota, it sucked that we lost in Bloomington so bad. But here's the thing is that we don't need to win. We don't need to win the laws. What we need to do is we need to survive until we're too big to get rid of. And that that's really the goal. And to do that we we've gotta we've gotta bring our friends, we've gotta bring the next smoker, we've gotta bring anybody who's interested along with us. And we need to bring them up with us. I like that. I like the way you said that. And you know, and I think I think sometimes people are overwhelmed and if I could say anything to anybody out there that is not involved in any kind of advocacy um, if I could say one thing to them I think it would be you don't have to swim in this you don't I do not swim in this advocacy pool what you need to do is is have a friend or two that is involved with advocacy and notice what they're doing because I have you and I and I follow Joe and I follow Jim and I know Stefan very well and Niagara Kayaker and Jan and Karen, you know, and, and Upstomp. My buddy Upstomp is, is pretty involved in advocacy too, um, in a behind the scenes thing. And you know, I don't have to swim in advocacy to keep current and up to date on what's going on. Um I have I am lucky enough to have a bunch of friends that are really, really smart. And considering I am a dumbass, this is a good thing. But I, I have <laughs> I have some some really good friends and some people whose opinion and views that I trust, that I know are involved, and I pay attention there. And because I know if there is something I should be doing or something I should read, one of those people will have posted it and I know that I should. So, I mean, it really can be as simple as that. Yeah. And even, uh, the, the whole, you know, getting back way down into the roots, uh, politicians like to follow Twitter and kind of going back to where, where we kind of began, began the night at, you know, even so much as grabbing, uh, a tweet about advocacy that you like or that you agree with and favoriting it or retweeting it helps out. Just passing the message along, uh, you know, just sharing the messages from somebody else helps immensely. You know, it, it um, absolutely if, if it, drives me nuts. What drives me nuts about Twitter is when when they're talking bad and they're telling myth they're telling misinformation or just out and out lies and we counter that um they they always start with this oh they're being cyber attacked i'm like what the fuck 
know, that that's uh it's I, I'm glad that they're wasting their time saying that. Honestly, cuz that's all it is. It uh it just looks like a whiny little baby. Yeah, I mean, it um, it it just it never ceases to amaze me that that while they're saying all this negative bullshit, um that that's fine. That's fantastic. But the minute we're like, no, 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 wait, have you looked at this study and this study and this study and this study and this study? And they're like, oh, well, these these ESIG users, they're they're being cyber bullies. I'm like, what? But yeah, I mean, it that in and of itself <laughs> shows that we're accomplishing something. Um, we are making them sit up and take notice, and and that matters. Yeah. And the the biggest thing too, and I've actually had, um, I had one of the Clearway represent, no, American Lung Association representatives who was actually responding to me, which is a rarity. I wish they would continue to do so, but we were countering back and forth with uh, information. I don't know, I, you know, kind of biased, but I would say mine was relevant, hers was not, but. Um, there was somebody, you know, and and I had some more vapors that were that were joining me. This is some odd months ago, um, but then a random—I don't know if they were a vapor or who they were—and just came in and told the the lady that I was rebuttaling against, and he straight out said, "You're a fucking idiot." And I had to counter back, and I said, "Hey, we don't," uh, you know. I tweeted back. I was like, "We don't need that." And for me to actually defend her at that point in time. Uh, says, says a lot because that that kind of um, you know, unfortunately, Jeannie, the the fuck you attitude doesn't really help a, a whole lot in the in the Twitter world. <laughs> well, I do my very best. But, I don't I don't cuss at people on Twitter, um, and especially when I'm responding no, no, to no, negative vaping stuff, I try really well to be respectful, even even if I think that they're being ignorant slob um i do my best um and you know that's why you have the radio show yeah that's why i have a radio show this is this is me uncensored where if you you know um i for a long time any facebook groups that i was involved in or i was a moderator in i always try to filter myself um and you know how all my friends would understand me saying something and how i said it in a group were, was two different ways um, because I can, you know, talk to one of my friends and say, you just shut the fuck up. And they know that I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean I'm not being belligerent and, and telling them I want to staple their lips to the floor. Um, but you know, people don't often understand that. Um, so I tried to filter myself and, and I don't, I don't set new year's resolutions and things. Um, I don't do that because that just means I'm setting myself up to fail at something the first day of the year, um, which is because <laughs> yep. that's generally what happens. Um, but what I did decide to do was to throw away my filter. When somebody's being an asshole in a Facebook group, I'm going to tell them that they're being an asshole. Um, I've decided <laughs> that, that I don't need that filter anymore. The people in the vaping community... Um, should know me well enough by now to understand that. And if they're not, I'm sorry. 
because if you're being an asshole, chances are you pretty much know you're being an asshole. And you should expect somebody to tell you that, oh, yeah, you're being an asshole. Um, but <laughs> when I am talking to politicians and the like, I can present myself as an educated semi-intelligent person when needed um, if it's letter writing and things like that um, I have several friends that are grammar Nazis I love them all dearly and I depend on them especially when I write something to submit to somewhere because they will take it and read it and tell me what I need to change or they will just change it for me and send it back and say no this is what you need and I always respond with thank you um, so, you know, um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Editing out your, uh, out editing out your, your article. I had to do very little, um, to, to make that acceptable. It was, it was really well written and, um, and it was really, really well received in the community as well. And I, I think, um, it is one of the great blogs, um, um, I got zero, zero because... bad feedback on that, by the way. Zero, none, not a damn <laughs> thing. Um, that's a, that's what, before, prior to this whole huge, ooh, shiny moment, um, that is what I was getting to. Generally, you know, and I piss people off. Um, but I, I was expecting to get a bunch of flack over that. I was fully expecting it. And I was fully prepared to stand by what I said and I have not gotten one single negative message over that yeah in fact in fact I think I even saw somebody said hey I, I made one of those comments I'm sorry or something like yeah. that I think he apologized to you <laughs> yeah um but yeah I mean so I was I was absolutely floored because, you know, and understand that when I originally sat down to write that, I mean, you know, I was messaging you back and forth. I'm like, how the fuck do you deal with this and not lose your mind? How do you do this? Because I was I was just losing my mind over it. Um, and, you know, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Do you not? What? What the fuck? You know, I mean, because I'm I'm not a new vapor. It's not like I quit smoking yesterday. It's not like I quit a week ago. It's been five years, and I can still remember what it was like to be a smoker. And you know, it it just I I was literally just losing my mind. I mean, when you said, "Hey, how about you write something about this?" I remembered back when Joe at VCCNE had said, you know, you should write an article for the militia sometime. I'm like, I don't have anything to say that anybody wants to hear. And when you said, hey, Jeannie, how about you write something about this? I'm like, okay, fine. Here is something I have something to say about, damn it. And I wrote it out. And I'm like, okay, no, we shouldn't say that. And I wrote it again. And I'm like, eh, better, but probably shouldn't say that. And so, needless to say, when you got the fifth revision, I'm like, okay, this I can say, and it will hopefully make a couple of people go, oh, yeah, you know, I probably did sound like an asshole when I said that. Um, and that's not how I want to sound. 
Um, so, you know, it, I think maybe finding that one issue that makes people lose their mind um, helps. I, I really do, because prior to that, I really, honest to God, didn't think that I had anything remotely worthy of the vaping militia posting for me at all. That That is actually a great way to write to your representatives as well. A lot of people think that they need to sit down and, and hammer this you know this this information or the, their story and you know link to scientific whatever in in an, in an hour or one day when in all reality I, to, to tell you the truth any of those uh, original ideas for articles that I've had that's not just you know um, trying to hit on something that happened in the media I usually kick that out as fast as I can if it's something that happened in the media otherwise it just nobody cares in two days anyway. Um, but a lot of the original ideas that I've had for my blogs will actually sit um, for up to months, um, and I'll go back and I'll revisit it and I'll revise it and I'll be like, nah, I don't know about that. So I'll just let it sit there until I kind of kind of finally have this idea to kind of actually have something interesting to put in into it, and then I'll finally publish it. And, and so that I mean. Again, that that is a great way to write to a representative is just to kind of write a paragraph and then just sit on it and think about it if that's what you need to do. I mean, if you can kick something out uh, in an hour and it's respectful and it's intelligent sounding and send it off to your representatives, all all the the more to you. That is extremely uh, difficult to do. Um, especially, especially repetitively, if you if you really want to make a big influence across uh, in your area, but more so, uh, not being extremely lengthy, but having the information that you want to send um, to your representatives, um, and, and knowing, and getting to the point of it, um, really is an extremely effective way of writing. I um. I <laughs> I just got I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I wasn't laughing at you, I was laughing at something else. I just nope. got a I just got a Skype message uh that's saying that I am um below half on my cuss quota for the show. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh that's funny. After I said asshole about 12 times in a row that's okay um uh, <laughs> i would you know, i would try to make up for it i just i don't do a whole i don't uh do well with a with the whole swearing thing <laughs> uh no 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 no, no, no. I, they were talking about me um because generally yeah i i, know, I, I yeah i cuss a lot i do um but it's something i should probably work on getting better at i mean when i say better at i mean cussing less not more um i don't know if i could actually cuss more um but that's okay i um i just i just think that you know maybe maybe finding that one thing that puts a and here's a really old term finding that one thing that puts a bee in somebody's bonnet that sounded better than bug up your ass right um 
it, maybe maybe that'll work, you know. And and advocacy isn't always slow, monotonous drudgery. Um, and and honestly, um, you know that as well as I do. It's it's really fun. And Stefan knows. Stefan's really good at it too. Uh, you could have some pretty lively debates on Twitter. Um, and I didn't think that that was possible because when everybody tried to get me to join Twitter. I'm like, why the fuck do I want to be on Twitter? And then I'm like, 160 <laughs> characters? How the fuck can you say anything in 160 characters? You actually can. Twitter is really good at teaching you how to get your point across quickly. Absolutely. And Twitter can be filled with a lot of junk. I'll tell you that. I hardly ever actually scroll through my, my feed. I've got certain people that that I follow, and if I want to see what they said, I'm going to go to their their uh, their Twitter account, and I'm going to scroll through some of the things that, that they've said recently. Um, but, yeah, when you actually get some people along with you and they get some of the people along with them. The information is extremely rapid moving. And um, there, there's getting to be more and more people here in Minnesota. But um, when the state legislation was trying to ban the use of electronic cigarettes indoors in all public uh, areas, um, I was following the, the hashtag MNLEG, Minnesota Legislative, uh, thing. So I was actually... You know, it, it was like I was five steps ahead of whatever was happening on Facebook, and, and I was able to relay that information out to Facebook. But uh, a few of the times I was at, um, I was actually able to show up and go to the Capitol and actually spend some time with the lobbyists that um, our companies, our, our vape shops here in Minnesota paid for this lobbyist and get some really useful information from him. Um and that's that's great. I mean, that's like free information for me right there that somebody else has already paid for. Um, and I was able to go and sit with him in in a couple of the uh, of these situations because of the fact that it was being reported on Twitter first, and all these politicians like follow like to follow what's going on on Twitter. And it's incredibly difficult to get a large amount of people to show up to, to something that's hap- happening five minutes from now. You know, almost literally. I mean, they would announce uh, this is the meeting that's going to be held in uh, half an hour to an hour. <laughs> so, so, uh, and fortunately, I also live relatively uh, close to the capital of Minnesota. I drive by it every day uh, on my way to work. So, it, it was incredibly inconvenient for me to, to be able to do that. Uh, but yeah, all that information is extremely fast moving on on Twitter and can be really interesting if you find the right people to follow. I still got you. No, I'm still here. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was sneezing. Sorry. Uh, I had to to mute my microphone. I was sneezing. (laughs) (laughs) I've been sneezing for two days, and I don't have a cold. So I, I, you know, whatever. Um, Well, you can can talk about something. I'm going to have a vape. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I talk all the time. People are really used to listening to me talk. Um, 
I I constantly tell them uh, week after week, I have no idea why they continuously show up and listen to me talk. Um, you know, I'm really not that interesting. Um, I think it's I think it's because, well, you know, Jan, what does Jan say? Jan tells me that I have this whole thing going like it's it's like you come sit down at my kitchen table and we just bullshit. And I guess, you know, that's a that's a really good thing. Um, I I enjoy that. Um, I like when when after I have somebody on the show, they're like, "Oh, I had a really good time, Judy. Thanks. That was fun. I was nervous, but I, I didn't need to be. That was fun, because that's that's the whole point. I I do these shows because they're fun for me, and I do these shows because I think that I have some information that people will find interesting or they will find funny. Or that they will find informative. And um, the minute that all of that stops, I will stop doing these shows. Um, this has probably been the longest single topic show that I've ever done. Um, other than DIY. Um I do one show yeah, a month. That's difficult for advocacy. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do one show a month that is that is strictly for DIY. Um, not that we don't answer other other questions, but it's just primarily we try to focus that that entire show around uh, DIY and mixing. Um, that's something that I am really really involved in. Um, but advocacy just is one of those things that I think people need to know a little more about they need to be a little more informed about it they need to be a little less afraid of it um and they need to understand that it can be something really simple you know it doesn't mean pouring through bills day in and day out to find out if they've snuck something in there um it it can really be something simple, and yeah, and, and extremely fast moving at at different times, um, especially when when dealing with media articles because it's a lot of the, a lot of these negative media things that will happen, and even um, even something that you would think would be a positive. Excuse me, um, we had uh, we had a. A big vape meet that was happening, and our lobbyist was going to be talking about things happening in the future. And the media showed up there, and um, one of the one of the store owners in the in the state of Minnesota here, she was uh, she had, was talking about um, a book that she put together with a it was there was hundreds of vapors with their face and their story. And and different uh, pieces of information, and it was all put into a, a book, and it was given out to Minneapolis City Council and also the Bloomington Bloomington City Council. Anyway, she went on uh, video with Fox Nine and did an excellent job. And of course, she got the article that goes along with it that pretty much um, copies what they say in the in the story. And what was what the the written part of her statement made her look like an eight-year-old was writing the thing and we had to um 
I waited for the video to fi- to come out to find out exactly what she said, and I'm like, oh my god, that's not even close to what she she just said. That was completely misquoted. So we had to we actually had to call uh, contact Fox Nine and have them completely re-edit it, uh, what they said because some journalist was an idiot. <laughs> but I mean, you know, even just little things like that uh, and, and catching them in the in the media. Um, can be difficult and again extremely fast moving because of the fact that when those media articles are are printed um it, it can spread extremely extremely fast and and if something is wrong uh you definitely don't want people reading that uh, <laughs> um, but i mean there's there's different uh a whole lot of different just little things that you can do um that are interesting um as far as What's going on? I mean, one of the one of the, the most interesting things that's that's going on right now is the complete overthrow of uh, hashtag Kerbit. I'm sure you, you've heard <laughs> yeah. of that in the past week. That was a train no, wreck for the old... people that launched it. Now, wasn't it? That was funny though. <laughs> that that not and I'm not saying that it's it's actually funny, but I I just get untold amounts of pleasure in seeing that they rolled something out. Um, basically trying to steamroll us and it has turned into um, basically a pro vaping hashtag yeah and this is something that they the the california department of health spent money on for billboards and advertising space and whatever and Anybody who you you can go to hashtag c u r b i t hashtag Kerbit and the the whole idea well, uh, to begin with was to um, basically uh, shaming of smokers and vapors, saying hey, you 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 belong at the curb and that's pretty much it. And not only that, but some of the the rest of it. And you would have to go and uh, Stefan probably can post a link. Um, where you can find more information. But some of the other stuff that they they published with it was just outrageous, um, pretty much saying that vaping was just as bad as smoking at, at one point in time, which is completely outrageous. <laughs> I mean, when you have the top scientists in the world getting together, I can't remember what it was last, last month or two months ago, but anyway, it was for Vape Summit. And the, the top scientists on electronic cigarettes in the world all get together, and they decide that um, at a, a completely conservative guess, <laughs> or, or not a conservative guess, but a, a conservative um, uh, getting together of all the information that they had, conservatively, electronic cigarettes were at least 95% um, less dangerous than cigarettes. Oh, that's yeah. what they decided. I mean, and that's conservatively in the worst case scenarios usually. Um, and, and when you have something, I, I don't know how a government entity can make that blatant of a claim without any anything to back it up. So, it, it, yeah, it was definitely fun uh, being in, involved in seeing just the the. You know, and it's not great that we have to be angry about this stuff, but it's great that we're all agreeing on something and actually taking that kind of action to to completely turn it into something that was 
this R is. Oh, <laughs> we got. There's a six six one in the call queue. Hold on, let me answer that because I think I might know who it is. Hi, six six one. Oops. Hello. Hello. Hi, Stefan. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Yeah, since you're bringing up Kerbit, I, I figured I'll, I'll chime in just just real quick. Um, Especially since there's not a lot of public information going on about uh, what we're doing about it. Uh, there's a reason for that. We're actually planning something substantial, something measured, and something proportional in a way that uh, they haven't seen us do ever before. Uh, th this started like after the whole hijacking. I figured, well, it's my backyard. Uh, it's a glance thing. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to get a few people together and, and, and try and see if we can plan something. Uh, that really quickly grew out into something way bigger. And uh, we're now, we've, we've now been planning for the past week on, on what to do. Uh, unfortunately, I, I can't really go into detail without showing our cards, but uh, we're going to do a pilot project in San Francisco that is aimed at both countering their misleading statements. It's also aimed at the advocacy part in, in terms of explaining e-cigarette use and explaining vapors and explaining vape shops. And I'm talking to the PR firm, and we're having this privately funded at, at this point in time. Uh, I'm at the point where I'm going to send Glance a thank you note because he did something that we have not been able to accomplish for several months, and that is having vapors and businesses regain their fighting spirit. Because the, the, the response I got from, from just asking people, if you're, if you're fed up with this, contact me, was overwhelming. It, it's, it's literally cost me the entire past week being on the phone, responding to emails, and, and dealing with this, talking to the PR agency. And now, of course, we've got a communication issue because I'm seeing all these tweets, uh, mostly from, from our, our fellow vapors in England saying, oh, you should sue the government, you should sue these people, and how can they do this? And the thing is, we, we, we did actually talk to lawyers to see if that was an option or whether that was possible. And the problem is, it is possible if your pockets are deep enough and if you're willing to fight this thing in every single city and in every single state, because even though you can set a precedent, it doesn't mean it automatically applies to other places. We do not have those resources, and you cannot manage or, or organize those resources in a fast enough time. So we're, we're going to have to start this small, do a pilot project, and make sure that other cities and other states can adopt it and run with their own localized version of it. That is going to be fantastic. Now, so when when are you expecting to not be in the dark about this? Uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. Uh, since we're doing this as a much bigger thing than uh, we originally planned, and we're getting several other organizations involved to help out, do their part, uh, provide information, pro provide advice and information. Uh, it, it's going to take a while longer, but here's the thing. This, this curbid thing that is happening in San Francisco is not an isolated uh, campaign. Uh, Glance was on the radio a few days after they launched Curbit, and he said that they were going to take it throughout California, and he was encouraging other states and cities to follow their lead. Now, based on his 
past behavior and, and the way he says things, this was not an encouragement for others to pick it up. This was basically a message saying it's already in the works. Now, if we look at Alaska and a few other signals we've been getting, we might be seeing this all across the nation this year. And they're doing it in support for all the state bills and crap that they're supporting because they couldn't get enough support at the state level. I mean, simply put, there, there, there's been 243 or 234 really bad bills. 11 made it through. Uh, technically, you could say we were on the winning side at, at, at that. But they've been losing ground at that level. So what they need is influence on public opinion because, you know what, all those local politicians, they read the papers. They, they, they see what's happening. So the only way to counter that is to, to make sure that we can also reach public opinion. And isn't, isn't this what we've all been saying for at least a year? We, we, we need to stop preaching to the choir? Well, us advocates are, are, are not capable of, of reaching far beyond our choir, but we can use the choir to preach outside of the choir. And, you know, for the most part, I think that most vapors do that, you know. Um, I think that most vapors in general are completely open to answering questions about e-cigs when somebody asks them. Um, what I don't think most vapors are good at is initiating a informative conversation with people about them that didn't necessarily ask for it. Correct. You have to get all those other people and the current smokers and get them to reach out to vapors that they see or vapors that they know and get the conversation started that way. And one of the things I've, <clears throat> I've definitely noticed is that what everybody really needs is they need to see something visible and they need to see something physical happen because everybody's sort of tired. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, you, you know about the apathy and you know about the, the defeatism that's, that's been going on. I've noticed that, that the mere plan of doing this is, is really causing a lot of very positive vapes, vibes that I haven't actually seen for, for several months. So, uh, yeah, strike while, strike while the iron is hot in this one, and uh, that's pretty much what we're, what we're aiming for. Yeah, no, that, that's that. I mean, that, that's totally uh, congruisive to uh, exactly what, you know, what I'm thinking, you know, is grabbing that next person and having that, that person grab that next person. And, and soon enough, you, you have that where you have enough, enough people put together. And even if it's not everybody in the United States believes this, it really makes your organization seem bigger than it really is. Um, and, and that's, you know, that, that's what it has worked in the past for sure. Um, especially when we were so small, uh, and, and we're, I mean, if, if we have major things happen in this upcoming year, it's almost to the point where we need to be past that point where we're organizing and we are organized um, to the point where when the Minnesota Vapor has really got set up, we we had a group of 
10, 15 people that were writing. And we had pre-filled out our own letters that you could change a few things in the letter very quickly and shoot it off to another city council. Um, and since 30, 40, 50 people ended up sending out you know, similar letters in the same fashion and just changing their story, uh, and we could encourage others um, in the Minnesota Vapors Advocacy to do to do the same. And they ended up getting that amount of emails. They really thought that there was more people that were upset, you know, and and they were putting themselves in a spotlight. And it's almost embarrassing to them if they are incorrect. And and, they, and you got to make them reconsider. You know, oh, yeah, banning vaping because it looks like smoking in a public place. So that sounds like a good idea. I mean, we wouldn't want to think, want people to think that smoking is okay in a, in a public area. But when a group of people come back and say, no, you're actually causing people to not quit smoking, and, and you have that group of people that all think the same thing, it, it causes those, again, those politicians to reconsider what they're doing. And that's about the best you can hope for. At the end of the day, sometimes we are going to lose just because they're not going to change their minds. But sometimes we will win, and that's what we need to do. Fight for the win. Well, Stefan, was there anything else you had to tell us tonight? Uh, no, that was, that was pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> just, well, just a general message saying we're we're working on something, and uh, the fact that we're not addressing it in public has a reason, <laughs> and a, and a really very good one. Well, and in case you haven't been told this enough, uh, thank you for your efforts. They 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 are not unnoticed, and they are not unappreciated. Um, and I threw uh, Stefan. Like, I threw your Twitter. Like, like, I threw your Twitter link in the chat for everybody um so it if you don't follow stefan you should follow him too um i threw the link in chat it's at stefan i can't pronounce your last name (laughs) (laughs) and thank you very much and by the way uh there are much uh, many more people who appreciate your show than uh you might think honestly well i hope so um i i really do I, I've always told, and part of the reason why I don't ever ask what my numbers are and I don't want to know um, is because I've always done my shows the same way. Um, the me that you're talking to now is the same me that you would have gotten four and a half years ago on a Tuesday afternoon in Elixir when there was four people in a room. Um, so, and we wouldn't want to have it any other way. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Um, I am I am very proud of the fact that the person that you people know is the person that you would meet had you come and knocked on my back door um i don't i don't believe in putting this false persona out there or or you know making up this pretend person um the only person i know how to be and be the right way is me so i just do that um but yeah stefan thank you kerbit was a fantastic thing and um, thank you for being one of those smart advocacy people that, that I follow around. <laughs> sure. Yes. Just don't expect me at your back door because uh, I believe you're armed. <laughs> <laughs>
And this is the first time I've ever actually gotten to to speak with uh, Stefan, uh, you know, in voice as well, uh, which is kind of funny because I think Stefan and I have uh, pages and pages of history on uh, in our Facebook messaging. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Well, you, you can find me on Skype anytime. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I will keep okay. that in mind. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks, Stefan. Good night, dear. No, and that, that's one really strange thing, too. I, I always feel bad when Greg Connolly comes to Minnesota because of the fact that when I see Greg Connolly in person, um, I mean, he, he's been paid to come here, etc. and I should have a 100 questions that I should be asking him. But I always have Greg Connolly at my fingertips, and I don't really don't have to ask him any questions because I already know how he's going to answer them. Um, because I, I always have that access to Greg Conley. Um, so it, it's kind of strange, and, and I think I, a lot of us advocates, it, it's really cool. I'm glad when I can actually get together face-to-face or over the phone or whatever and actually talk to another advocate because of the fact that I think most of the time it's just uh, we quick write back and forth to each other or we tweet to each other, and uh, we usually agree with each other. And that's kind of the nice part about this community as well. Is a lot, we have a lot to agree on and a lot to fight for together. I mean, and Greg never stops. <laughs> right? He, he, he literally, he never stops. Um, at VaporCon this year, um, go walk by and... 90 Greg, seconds. Oh, the phone will not hang up on you. It'll just stop taking incoming calls. Um, but I think Mixler, let me look at Mixler because Mixler will cut us off soon. Um, yep, Mixler is going to cut us off soon. Um, not like immediately, but so we go walking by and go to, um, go into the main hotel and I got to walk by the, the gym room and Greg Conley is in there working out with his Blackberry. 60 seconds. He's, he's in there with his Blackberry and just, he's clicking away on his Blackberries. He's working out and I'm like... Jesus Christ, the guy can't even exercise um, in peace? No, he can't. Well, we were in having lunch a little later, um, and Par and Lisa and I were in the restaurant, and we had sat down to eat, and Greg come walking in, and we're like, well, Greg, you can come over and sit down with us. So Greg got us lunch, and Greg came in, and he sat down with us, and, and we're eating lunch, right? So now, mind you... The guy is there with his lunch, and he's visiting with some people. And the poor guy is again with his phone, and he's just a going. He is running away with his fingers, texting ninety miles an hour on his phone, and carry on a conversation with us. How he multitasks the way he does is awe-inspiring. Let me put it that way. I mean, it it is just amazing, and. But the guy never stops. And I don't think very many people see that or appreciate that. So after watching Greg and seeing all of the tweets that you put out and all of the articles that you put out and all of the things that you put on Facebook and and Stefan doing the same thing, you know, I am amazed by... All of you people that are staunch advocates. Jan, Jan Johnson is one of the hardest working people in the vape world. 
the the amount of information that that woman processes on a daily basis would melt my brain. <laughs> you know, and I think that's one of the great reasons I think the American Vaping Association is such a great resource as well is because Greg is is everywhere. <laughs> He's literally, I'm pretty sure, and I've gone around to different Facebook pages and whatever that I probably should have noticed even before I did. And it's like Greg Connolly, there he is. He likes that Facebook page, that, that Facebook page or that Facebook group already. It's like, wow, he, he literally is everywhere um, trying to soak in as much information and kick out as much uh, relevant information as, as possible. That guy is freaking genius. And it was really hard to believe when he came to Minnesota the first time I found out that I was older than him. Oh, yeah, he's and just I a little that kid. Was crazy. And, and and I don't mean that Greg is literally a little kid, but Greg Greg is a really young guy. Um, he's he's a really young guy. Maybe that's why he's got so much fucking energy. <laughs> no, that's not necessarily. Which, uh, I got I got to throw this out here on your show too, probably before your mixler uh, cuts out. Uh, if anybody wants to follow along to whatever I'm doing, uh, feel free to jump on my Facebook. Uh, page that's uh, facebook.com slash ridiculous vape blog um, I threw the link in chat earlier let me go grab it again I'll grab it and throw it in the chat too and, I, and I, um, I've and I been sticking your twitter in the chat too um, and because you know it that yours is kind of easy it's just Alex Carlson 8 um, that's, that's yeah, easy um, you know uh, 1 through 7 was taken there's a lot of us (laughs) there we go I got the link I close Facebook while I'm doing my show because um, I usually get messages going off on there and I don't want people to think that I'm there and just ignoring them (laughs) I I don't like for people to think I'm ignoring them when I'm that's not actually what I'm doing I'm not ignoring them I'm just not paying attention to Facebook so yeah follow him on Facebook follow him on Twitter um, follow Stefan um, I'm telling you guys advocacy can be something really easy follow smart people that's what I do it works for me well Alex I really thank you very much for agreeing to come do this with me I I hey, am, was fun. I am stoked that I finally actually got to talk to you. Um this has kind of been like a vaping advocacy week on Vapor's Place. Uh Alex Clark was on with Jan Monday night. Um her and Barry did a show with Alex Clark which was really really entertaining and interesting. I had a blast. Um and thank God Jan went and found me the mobile link. Um I may host a show here. But believe it or not, I did not have the link to listen to the show on my phone. And my back had me laid out on the couch. So the laptop was not a doable thing. Uh, Jan went and found me the mobile link. So I, I got to listen to the show over my cell phone. Um, thank God for Wi-Fi. Um, but, uh, you know, Dr. F was on Smoke Free Radio. So I mean, yeah, this has been this has been like the week of advocacy here on on Vapor's Place, and um, yeah, it's it's important. 
And uh, I, I cannot tell you, you know, God bless him. Alex Clark is awesome. And I cannot tell you how many times <laughs> he and I have been confused for each other. Even Greg Conley about a year ago, he was like, yeah, I think Alex Carlson, he's the guy who does, um, oh, what is that thing that Alex Clark uh, does with the, with the Twitter? The um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, he puts a, a whole bunch of tweets together. And, oh, and the tweeted out. And, yeah, the tweeted out. Yeah. The daily daily tweet plan? The Yes, the, the tweet action plan. That's yeah, the daily, yeah, the daily action plan. That's daily what it is. action plan. We all knew what it was. None of us could figure out the name. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what it is. But yeah, and he's a and he's on Vapor's Worldview and everything. Uh, so yeah, it's easy, it's easy to get the two of us crossed. But I'm I'm not a board member because I would love to be maybe one day. But I'm more of an agitator. I, I don't really like to be held held back in what I say. <laughs> I am, and you know, and it's funny because. Kassab probably hears some of the stuff I say, and they probably cringe right through to their their soles of their feet because I have this way of saying things and asking Jan about things, and and I actually made Jan yell um, last Monday. <laughs> I I mean I was pissed about something and I started going off on it and I actually I actually made Jan yell and that generally doesn't happen. Um, Jan is a pretty even keeled most of the time um, in in the public view, um, and yeah, leave it to me to be able to make Jan yell. So. <laughs> well, hey, it's been fun, Jeannie. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, I really enjoy it. I, I'm sorry, I usually don't catch it live. I usually catch the replay the next day. But uh, I, I, I don't know how you how you do it. You know, I, I do I do my vlogs. I do a little six to ten minute video once a week, every other week, or whatever. And even that can be uh, tough. And to have that that set schedule where. Every week at the same time, you're you're going to be at that place. That's difficult, and it's really and you know you do have you do have an enjoyable show. Well, we try. Um, and today tonight it was not only fun, but it was it was informative. So, um, really, I do appreciate everything you do, and you know there are a lot of people out there that agree with me. There are a lot of people that are very thankful for the things that you do. So. Um, thank you, and you know, keep putting stuff out there for on on Twitter for me to retweet, and um, keep doing your articles for the Vaping Militia because, you know, had it not been for you, I wouldn't have wrote that one. So, thanks, thank you. You you lit a fire under my ass, and you got me to get my point across without telling people to stop being an ass hat. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you later. Alex, come back anytime. I'd love to have you. Will do. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Good night, dear. Bye. And that is going to be it, everybody. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me. Um, follow Alex. Follow Stefan. Um, really, I'm telling you, advocacy can be really easy. Find a smart person.
Pay attention. That's all you got to do. See you next week, everybody.